Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Robin Graham Show. Please note our new name. If you were a listener in 2020, 2021, we are now The Robin Graham Show instead of The Second Phase Podcast. And this is just allowing me to have a little bit more leeway, I guess, in terms of the guests I have and the subjects we cover and all of that. And as you know, my book is publishing in March and the book is called You, Me and Anxiety. And as part of that launch, I am doing a mental health series on the show. So today's guest is someone that I met accidentally, but I am so grateful she's now in my world. And she is a fellow author. She is the author of Behind the Button. She is a 30-year veteran in the fashion industry, and she is an an image transformational coach, I guess you'd say. But she's going to tell us a little bit more about herself and her background, but we are going to dive into some pretty um, interesting conversations today about overall mental health, mental health as a female entrepreneur, mental health growing up in the 70s, and then where she's at today, as well as things that you can start thinking about as far as your image and your clothing and your fashion and your style and all of those good things as well. So without further ado, Jill Strickland Brown, welcome to the Robin Graham show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm thrilled you're here. And we connected really accidentally. We were both doing a masterclass and she had already published her book and she was doing the masterclass to hopefully create a TED talk. And I was doing the masterclass so that I could kind of get my eyes opened to what it's going to take for me to do a signature talk once my book launches. And so I reached out to her and I said, I really love your story. I want to have you on my show. And we ended up getting together for coffee because lo and behold, we met on this masterclass, but we only live like 20 minutes away from each other. And I've actually shopped in her boutique before. So it was, the world is just so small. So if there's anything that you can take away from this episode, I know there will be a lot of things, but if there's any one specific thing, remember that reaching out to someone can change your world, the landscape of opportunities and, and everything. So don't ever limit yourself. If you feel like somebody's story resonates with you, send them a message in the chat on zoom or reach out to them via email or on their website and invite them just to have a coffee date with you and get to know a little bit more about them. All right. So enough rambling, Jill, will you please tell the listeners a little bit about you and your journey? Yes. But first I did want to talk about our meeting and I'm so glad you reached out because you have changed my world and we've not only worked together, but we've become friends. And yes, I'm so glad she reached out because we're collaborating together, helping each other. And that's what women do. They, you know, women empower women and 
yes, reach out, reach out. Uh, I think that's so important. So a little bit about myself. I am in the industry for 30 years doing fashion and image, doing image consultations, but really just working with women one-on-one and making them feel wonderful about themselves and also educating them about fashion, drape, and how things fit and how to accentuate their best body shape. But also, you know, we're very complicated, just like Robin's entire platform is, is that as we reach our 50s and we reach our second phase, there's so much more rolled into all of us. So becoming an author, working on a coaching uh, platform, working on a speaking platform, we're such complicated people, but yet it's all the same, which is empowering women and making women feel wonderful about themselves. So Robin and I have a very similar platform, and I think that's why we connected. Yeah, absolutely. And Jill, like when we talk about the image transformation and the image consulting that you do, you have a boutique and you've had your boutique for many, many years. And so you're a self-made success. You've worked in the trenches. You've worked night and day to make this boutique become a reality and a success. But in that process, you weren't only driven to make the boutique a success, but you have been driven to transform people's lives. And one thing as women that we often lack is confidence in our body, confidence in how we look. And when we don't have the confidence in how we look, we don't have confidence in how we feel either. And I think so much of that lack of confidence carries over into the energy that we use to present ourselves in the world. So it's really, really empowering to think of you working with individual women and helping them understand like, okay, if you wear this style, you're not going to feel great. But if you wear this style, you're going to look and feel great. Exactly. It's interesting that you talk about my journey, which is when I originally opened in my 30s, it was about selling clothes and making a successful boutique and making a living out of that. But really, through my 20 years in business, my purpose emerged, which is I realized it's so much more than just selling clothes and it's empowering women, but also having them look at themselves in a different way and accepting their bodies and giving them the confidence, what I've seen is as they go out of my shop and they feel great and they feel confident, they almost fake it till they make it. It gives them that extra push to achieve their goals. And I always say it's the transformation when you see that woman emerge from the fitting room and see the beautiful person that I see in the mirror. And then also, I think it's really been interesting as far as when we share stories and we connect, that we realize that we're all threaded together and that we're more alike than we are different. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's been really important. So that's my purpose is is really transforming women, allowing them to see themselves as they truly are, loving themselves and giving them the tools to do that outside so that they can work on the inside and also that they can benefit their communities, their friends, their work. It affects every aspect of your life when you feel good about yourself. Therefore, you don't have to worry about your appearance. You can concentrate on the goal that you want to reach. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the example that you use in your book about the dye bath. And I know this is something that is very near and dear to you. And we're going to talk more about 
your life's journey and the things that the obstacles, the challenges, the struggles that you've had to get to where you are today. And, you know, some of those things are related to mental health. So we'll roll right into that conversation as well. But I love the concept of the die bath and I love how you use that analogy with fashion to bring light to real life and how we can transform in our own individual lives, which is what you've done over the years. Yes. So if your listeners are unaware of how uh, garments are dyed, the analogy is I, I do look at life through the filter of fashion. So as I experience everything in life, I kind of look at it with my background of fashion. So I did work for a small garment dyer, and they actually are very close to where Robin and I live right in Pennsylvania. And how the fabric is dyed is it's immersed in scalding hot water. And then when it comes out, the effects are very unique. So each piece of fabric is unique. It has more texture and more color, and it actually emerges more beautiful. So I equate that to women that we all go through our struggles. We're immersed in scalding hot water many times in our life. But when we come out, we're stronger, better, more beautiful with you know, I equate it to lines and wrinkles of a life well lived. So, you know, I'm proud of my lines and I'm proud of my stretch marks because that shows that I've done something and I've experienced things. And I absolutely struggled from childhood. And even in my fifties, I have different events that have happened and we all have our struggles, but I think all of them have made me who the person I am today. And also I think what's really key is when we share our stories and we're not afraid to talk about these things, we really are more compassionate. I know when somebody tells me about mental illness or something they've struggled through, I perhaps have gone through that, or I really understand it because I understand great loss. I understand dealing with you know, mental illness. I understand about self-acceptance. So you're able to be more compassionate and more real instead of this curated person that we all see on social media. I think that is key. And like we've all learned, the most important words are me too, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I think that you bring up such a great point that, well, there's a couple of things I love. And having been a photographer and working with women to do their branding photography, their headshot photography, when I was doing that, every woman that came in, can you remove my wrinkles? Can you make me lose 10 pounds? And I would always say, you know what? You're beautiful the way you are. And each line that you have, each wrinkle you have tells a story. And when you think about, you know, those wrinkles under your eyes, those are laugh lines. Like if you have been <laughs> smiling your whole life, you're going to have more wrinkles than, than someone who hasn't been smiling their whole life. And if you have had the blessing of being able to smile that much to have those wrinkles, treasure them because they're good. They're good signs. You know, they they mean that you've, you've had a life or lived a life or experienced a life well-lived. And I think that's so important to remember and, you know, stretch marks too. Yeah. I haven't had a bikini body for many, many years because I had three kids, big babies, but you know what? That's okay because they're blessings in my life that I wouldn't trade for anything. And I think it's important to take a look at our physical flaws that are not necessarily 
flaws, but they are, you know, blemishes, whatever, however you want to look at them, but they're, they're actually parts of your journey, parts of your life. They're things that you experience that ultimately probably brought you some sense of joy. And sometimes it's the opposite though. Sometimes those flaws or those, those marks are left from tragedy or from sadness or from struggles you've been through. But even so, they have brought you to where you are today. So even as you talk about this scalding hot water and and how that can be reflected in everything we go through in our life and then coming out on the other side of that, holding compassion for other people in our hearts, I think it's so, so empowering. Yes, yes. I think it is so important. And what I also have learned is as you're talking about stretches and lines on our face is I say this almost daily where I say, this is what a 55 year old woman looks like. This is what we look like. You know, a lot of my friends have Botox and all kinds of operations and that's okay. If that makes you feel good and confident all about it. But for me, I've chosen not to do that because I feel like this is what a 55 year old woman looks like. And I'm proud of that. And even I learned a lot of that through my journey as a rep and also opening the store because I was in my 20s and 30s and I was meeting on my journey these wonderful entrepreneurs. They were women. They were strong. They had their point of view. They were doing the same thing I'm doing, which is empowering women. And they were 20, 30 years older than me. And I thought, I want to be them. I want to be that. I'm not trying to look younger. These women are phenomenal. And then in my store too, I opened in my 30s and I saw these women in their 60s, 70s, and they had this amazing life and they had these stories and you know, they they put something on and they felt like a million bucks and they weren't really talking about my tummy or my thighs or my butt or my arms. They just put it on and they felt amazing because they were confident because of the life they lived. And they have amazing stories. And I said, I want to be them. I want to be them. And I'll give you an example of one woman that is in her mid eighties and she is amazing. And she would come in, she was a beautiful lady, you know, many years ago was a model and had, you know, a wonderful life. And she would put on a shirt and she would say, does this make me look like an old lady? I'm like, no, no, you look fabulous. And she would be on our, every one of our fashion shows. And she was the highlight of the fashion show. People would cheer her on and clap because she represented, you know, this amazing person that completely accepted herself. And I always would say, I want to be you when, when I grow up, I want to be you when I grow up. And so that's what I inspire to be is living that full life and embracing it. Yeah. I love that so much. Really, really, and truly just embracing who we are as a whole. And, you know, when we talk about mental health challenges, you've had your share and, you know, this was another way that we connected when we had our, when we first, you know, were introduced and met each other. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, because I think especially with mental health, it's something that people don't see. They see what's on the outside. And so many times people have said, well, you're an introvert or you have anxiety because I don't show that there's no physical sign or symptom of that, that people can see that's all internal. And when we live that way, it, I think it's, it's kind of hard because nobody really sees it. And then they really don't understand us. So then when we do 
have our little quirks or our do, you know, whatever. It's like shocking. So let's talk a little bit about that because I know you've had so many different aspects of challenges when it comes to mental health from dyslexia to ADHD to anxiety. Like you've, you've run the gamut, but every single one of those obstacles have given you this, you, I guess you've discovered strength and courage through every one of them and, and still pushed forward. And to be able to do what you're doing today is so remarkable. Well, thank you. (laughs) And I agree with you. When people think of fashion, they think of the exterior, they think of all these movie stars, they think of a runway, and that's all surface. And it's really tricky living with mental illness because I have dealt with that. And you do. You absolutely put up a mask or this, I'm fabulous, I'm fabulous, I'm in fashion, you know, and even recently having the book people are like, you're an author, you have this successful store, you have all these things. And underneath, I think, if they only knew, if they only knew what I'm dealing with. And yes, it is monumental that I have achieved all these things, but it hasn't been without struggle. And I agree with you. Sometimes I I think, wow, despite Despite all this, I've been successful, but had I dealt with it much earlier, I wouldn't have had to fight so hard. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the 70s and mental illness was not addressed at all. My parents were like, not really educated. And they would just say, put on your big girl panties and figure it out. Well, I couldn't figure it out because what I learned about mental illness is you can't help it. It's just something that is in your DNA, that's in your genes. And you can't just think your way out of it. You can't, you need help. Mm -hmm. So I was diagnosed, I had dyslexia. I struggled with a learning difference my whole life. So writing a book, yes, that was uh, monumental. And it gave me confidence to say, wow, I can do this because I struggle with spelling. I struggle with writing my whole life. So doing that was wonderful. I had a lot of help. I had an editor and I had Siri. Everyone says, what is your process? And I'm like, my process is Siri, how do you spell? Siri, how do you spell? So, you know, the whole (laughs) book was Siri. Siri helped me a lot and said, my editor. And then also dealing with the ADD, I had it my whole life. And my family used to call me like sparky and spunky. And it wasn't that it was that I was dealing with ADD. And it wasn't really until my 50s. And my daughter was dealing with mental illness and my son, and that we really got educated about mental illness, because we never talked about it. My daughter didn't talk about it. And when she had her issues, we didn't, we, my husband and I were not educated. And as soon as we learned, about it, it helped our relationship because we knew she couldn't help it. We knew my son couldn't help it. And how do we help them instead of sweeping it under the rug or not knowing how to deal with it? And now that we say, oh, that's what this is, and this is what we can do to help. And medication, I know a lot of people poo-poo medication. I'm going to say if it's prescribed and it is monitored, medication. I do think if you need it, it is one of the tools in your toolbox. And I will say, I spoke to my therapist and he said, you need this. And when I started taking it, I said, I never even realized it. He said, 
you are the last one to know. Everyone in my life, my daughter, everyone is like, you need to deal with this. And I think in my 50s, it escalated where it was affecting my life, where before I had a lot of coping mechanisms, but I really address it in my 50s. And I can see the difference of my focus and I'm able to achieve more and you know, sit down and write a book. I could have never done that before, just even sitting down for an hour. And I notice even in Zoom calls and virtual, I'll notice my legs shaking. And then I say, oh, you haven't taken your medication. So really important to address it and talk about it. And that's why I talk about it in the book. And I talk about it in my store where I used to be ashamed of that. And that's where the stories that thread us together comes from, is that when I started talking about mental illness and the struggles that I had, I got the response, I thought I would get judgment. And what I really got was compassion. And people said, you know, my sister deals with this, my brother deals with this, you know, my son, my daughter, even you, when we met, we have parallel lives where we're both entrepreneurs, we're under a lot of pressure, stress, anxiety, depression, but our children have it too. And that is a connector between you and I. So Mm -hmm. really important to talk about it. It's so important to talk about it. And you said so many great things, Jill. One, I want to say, you know, we did grow up in a, in a time period where it was get over it, like, you know, get over it. You, you should be able to handle this. You should be able to just get over this or, you know, whatever don't. And I've, I've heard people say, you know, well, what are you crying for? Only babies cry. And I don't think my parents ever said that to me, but when they didn't know how to handle us, then, you know, we can't know how to handle us. And so you only learn to, like you said, push it under a rug versus dealing with it because nobody knew what it was. And, you know, for me, it was physical presentation of of anxiety was just awful stomach aches, awful stomach aches. And I would cry. I didn't want to go to school because, and my stomach really hurt, but my mom didn't know what to do with me. The doctor's couldn't find anything wrong with me, you know, but saying, I have a whole section in my book about this, that you just cannot say, just get over it because it's just not possible. Mental health is not something you can just overcome by saying, go away. The other thing I want to emphasize too, is that when you talk about medication, sometimes it's temporary. And, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, if you can take something for a short period of time, like six months, it will just change your mind and the the chemical process in your brain enough so that therapy will work better. And you can actually, you know, work with the brain to transform the brain a little bit so that you can eventually come off the medication. Some people don't have that luxury. They have to be on medication their whole life, but Either way, if that is the only solution that's going to work for you, be open to it because it could change your life, but it will also change the lives of every single person around you. We don't know when we're living with feeling embarrassed or ashamed of who we are because our brain works differently. We don't even know how we're affecting or influencing other people and the people around us. And there's a whole chapter in my book about this, about actually there's chapters, you know, shame, fear, obviously anxiety, but, but anger even, and how, when we are not healthy mentally, we react to situations and to people differently than if we were healthy. But the one thing I want to emphasize more than anything is that 
when you talked about, you know, sharing your story and how it inspired you to write the book and use the analogy of the dye bath and the threads that connect us together, we are so often ashamed of mental health discrepancies, but we're not ashamed if we have a different diagnosis like diabetes or heart disease or even cancer. And I want to emphasize that if anyone out there is feeling sad, anxious, depressed, has had a learning challenge in the past, somebody else has had it too, or is going through the same thing too. And I don't want you to feel isolated and alone because there's no need for that anymore. We can empower each other through the experiences and the journeys that we've been on. And I think it's tapping into your own compassion, your self-compassion to then be able to accept yourself who you are and share your story because you're going to be accepted with grace. I don't think those days of judgment are completely over, but I also think people are more open to accepting mental health challenges than they ever have been before. And hopefully between the two of us, we're helping spread that word. I agree. And, you know, in this world of communication, yes, there's some negatives, but there's also been so many positives where we can sit down today and talk about that and get that out to your audience. We can, you know, I have many books and many uh, podcasts and many things that I've learned so much from, and we are more educated now and we do realize what it is. And I agree with you 100% that, we're not ashamed of cancer. We're not ashamed of these diseases, yet somehow there's some, you know, shame of mental illness. And it is just like any other illness we have. And when we address it from that point of view, then there isn't the shame. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the key components where I've noticed my children, myself, uh, so many people, when you even start speaking about it, you can see the light go off in their brain because they say, oh, that's what it is. Oh, Mm -hmm. she just told me about that. And that's something I've always dealt with, but I didn't have the words. And I think that was really important is that now we have the words to describe what is going on. And that came through education of doctors and articles and my daughter having the words to say, I'm having this issue. I'm having that issue. And I was saying, oh, okay, let's deal with that. Just like when you learn, get a diagnosis of cancer or some illness, once you know what it is, you can deal with it. Mm -hmm. But I think part of the problem is we didn't know what it was, so we didn't deal with it. So I think key is identifying what it is. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, when I think of the relationships I couldn't have or the things I couldn't do or, you know, the things that I I wouldn't even try because that anxiety held me back. And I think, oh my gosh, I missed out on so much. And, you know, that's the heart of my book is that I want teen girls to know that they don't have to miss out because of anxiety. You know, they're not weird. I always, I'm so weird. I thought, you know, I'm not weird. The reality is I'm just wired differently than other people. And I want people to recognize that to me at the end of the day, if, if we can all come together and recognize that different does not mean bad or weird or something to be ashamed of. I agree. And I 
tried so many things and didn't understand why I wasn't successful or I feel like so many times I did that anxiety would hit me, but more with the ADD, what was interesting is I reacted when you said reacted in my brain was dealing with so many things that I almost couldn't handle more on my plate because Mm -hmm. people really didn't understand the mental gymnastics that were going on inside my head so that, you know, when someone put one more thing on that plate, I couldn't handle it and I would react, I would get angry and I didn't know why. And it's because my brain didn't have any more room in it to deal with much more. And so once those mental gymnastics were gone, I could focus on people having a conversation. I would literally look at a person and say, okay, listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're saying. I would have to repeat it in my head because I would either A, interrupt them or B, I would just lose what they were saying because I couldn't pay attention long enough to hear what they were saying. So I mentally had to rehearse what I needed to do so I could do whatever that was, have a conversation, sit through a meeting, focus on something, which was so challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Jill, I love this conversation so much. And I think that, you know, being open and honest and having these conversations is so key, but I also want to emphasize how your work with women to, you know, give them that space where they can come to you and they can try on clothes and feel amazing and buy clothes that are going to make them go out into the world with confidence and do more good because they feel good about themselves. I think that's so it it just all comes together. I think when, you know, you accepted yourself and you pushed through to survive and started thriving and now you're giving other women the gift of doing the same. And I just, I just think it's wonderful. So congratulations to you for all your success and for the book uh, behind the button. If the listeners want to reach out and connect with you, learn more about you or even shop in your store, where can they find you? They should go to my website, which is jillstricklandbrown.com. And that has links to everything, my coaching, my store, my story. And it also encourages you to share your story because book two is going to be all the stories of the other empowered women that I meet on my journey and sharing their stories. I love it. I can't wait for that one to come out. Thank you so much for being here. And listeners, if you found this episode helpful, will you please leave a rating and review? A ratings and reviews are how we grow and how more women like us can find this message, hear this message, and then hopefully transform their lives too. If you know someone who is struggling with any of the things we talked about today, please share this episode with them. Sometimes these little conversations have such a big impact and can really shed light on other people's lives. So please share it. And if you do share it on social media, remember to tag me, the Robin Graham. Have a great day, everyone, and thanks again for being here. You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, We'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. 
work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingraham.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.